0: Hey guys, Amir Ryder here with Aaron Browning from Frontspin, BP of Sales, BP of Sales of a sales technology organization that is just built for people who call, right? Yes,
1: yes, um, calls.
0: And email and all that other candidates, we'll get into that, but but mainly the, the, the sales reps that have not forgotten that the, the phone is very much not dead. Um, Aaron, thanks for joining.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Amir. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, likewise. So so we've come into contact actually by being a user of your technology, yeah. right? And, and I think we've we, we didn't use it directly for cloud tests. We used it for organizations that we were part of their sales team and had your tech. And that's kind of an interesting world how you can become aware of great technologies by not even buying it, right? By using right. it. Uh, yeah. uh, but we had you know, we had just great feedback about um, the ability to just keep our reps in a cadence that made sense, that got results. Um, and I think one of the great things that, that our audience can learn today is just kind of like how the world of sales is changing. Um, we have a chance to catch up before this and it's just a lot going on. So if, okay. I'd love to, to just ask, um, where are you based? You're based in uh, San Mateo?
1: Yeah, we're in San Mateo, California. So we're about five minutes south of the San Francisco airport, right at the beginning of Silicon Valley.
0: Right in the beginning of Silicon Valley. And and um, I think we, we touched into this, but you guys, um, you guys are, are, it's a big space, right? And I think you guys have a different, different way of going to market than most companies,
1: right? We do, we do. I mean, we've kind of felt like with our experience and our CEO's previous life um, with uh, VoIP in the cloud, which you know is going on 19 years, it's kind of unheard of because he created the first call center in the cloud uh, back in 2000. Felt like that was something we could take advantage of. Gives people a quality phone call, give them a true power dialer, and then most importantly, give them a UI that promotes the phone. I mean, let's be honest, you already hit on it. There is a genuine fear of calling. And in fact, what I wanna do, I'm on a crusade to end cold calling. And what I mean is, what I mean is these aren't really cold calls anymore. When you when you were making calls today, think about all the information you have at hand. Like, Amir, if I was going to co-call you, i go to your LinkedIn page, i go look at your previous podcast, i Google the hell out of you, and I'd have this great cheat sheet. So when I call you, I already know you. It's oh, yeah. not a co-call. Cool I'm going to give you a couple compliments, and we're going to end up having a great conversation. Back in the day, I was just full disclosure, I don't want to date myself too much, but I was a stockbroker out of college. It's not so much that it was a can and a string. Okay, But I did tape the phone to my head because we didn't have headsets. And so you'd make 100 dials in a day. It was a good day. You actually had a piece of paper with the numbers 1 through 100, right? Yeah. You made a call. You, stri- you strike a number. Off. If you got a lead, you'd circle it maybe with a smiley face. There wasn't a whole lot of those. Um, but uh, those were true cold calls because we were calling people out of the blue that we had no research on. That is a cold call. Today, I want people to get over it. Don't call it a cold call because if you say cold call to a team, your team is different. They're built to do this. They come in to do this for a specific reason. But most tech companies, you say cold call, they're all running to the bathroom because oh, they're yeah. scared to death. So let's take that away because if there's, ground, if there's ground from your marketing team, emails, social posts, trade shows, and LinkedIn, you're now not making a cold call anymore.
0: I agree with you. I couldn't agree with you more. And I, I think that's what, what HubSpot tried doing with that whole inbound sales terminology where like their whole philosophy was inbound marketing. And then they came out with the CRM. They're like, Oh, you know, people have to use a CRM actually have to dial out. Right. So they called it inbound sales, meaning that really meaning that people are in the awareness stage or that, you know, something about them and you could be like, Hey Aaron, I know that VP of sales are struggling with hiring SDRs right now or something that actually matters to that persona right yep. uh, and so you, it's more like a first touch a follow-up or a breakup yeah. call right yeah, yeah. Uh, that's really what it is
1: yeah and I think we should rename it because I, I talked to so there's a really good consultant out there he does training for prospecting for uh, for sales teams the guy's name is Matt Wanty, and he said he went to a customer big big company you know fortune 500 tech company And there was trepidation for reps calling on inbound leads. These are people that raise their hand. I want a demo. I want pricing. I want a white paper. And they're sitting there petrified to pick up the phone. I mean, if some of that is out there, then that's what we got to change. And that's the greatest thing about Frontspin is that our UI, the phone's there. You can't ignore it. And if you like the phone, you love all the little features that we offer to make your job easier.
0: Oh, I got some guys who would love it. I got some guys who would be afraid of it. Yeah. You know, but the idea is that if you want to be a sales professional and you want to call yourself a sales professional, you got to – I'm like – aside from literally walking in to a building, you have to use every tool at hand. If yeah. you're not using every tool at hand, every channel, um, you're just missing the big picture because I'm like, it's clear in the world. Like, like how the world works, it's not just a one-trick pony. Everyone's relying – I'm like, I am shocked – how much business that came from se- almost like 3 years ago 4 years ago like like sequences were like cool they were new right, right. right. there are sales teams that their whole funnel is sitting literally cloaked under just sequences right, right? and timing those days are going to diminish right i think i think the i think email is extremely saturated right I, and i think that deliverability is getting harder right what's left
1: no what's you're left right there? and it, but the problem is you've got these SDRs that killed it made their number by doing email heavy they then get promoted what are they going to teach once they get promoted they are going to teach what worked for them right yeah. so that's part of what's happening and that's why i think the shift is challenging and let's be honest I, there's no rejection on an email i mean if you're worried about an email rejection you're never going to be able to handle the phone right? oh yeah because that's that's nothing right but that that's a big piece of this thing but you're right when you think about like top sdrs myself maybe you 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 if you do your job well meaning you're doing a job most people don't want to do that's the whole idea how you be good at something right do what most people want don't want to do and do it really well i mean sdrs that are good they title skip they go right to you know a title they probably most people didn't get to go or they start companies or they run companies oh, yeah. so there's a huge opportunity if you get the right sdrs that they can go wow i can really go super far if i can generate something out of nothing because that's that's an entrepreneurial trait Mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, people that embrace this thing can go, the sky's the limit, you know?
0: Oh yeah. And also the mobility is different, right? I think in the past, I was like, hey, I was an SDR to an AE and that's cool. and I get that. But now with SDRs being closer to marketing, you can go into marketing, yeah, right? right. Or, or with customer success coming closer to AEs, you can go with customer success, right? Mm-hmm. It's opening up doors for people's career paths. and I don't think they realize that, right? I think because they, they, they see, it's almost to me as SDRs you know, they came popular with, with Aaron Ross's book about particular revenue. Cool. Uh, You know, Salesforce is a hyper company. I'm sure it wasn't the best customer experience for everybody who signed up for sales, but there wasn't that many options, right? Right. You don't, you don't, you don't get fired for hiring IBM. You don't get fired for, for, for buying Salesforce, that kind of thing. Um, But yeah, I, I totally think that the, the, it's almost like a marketing thing where like everyone couldn't, they couldn't pay AE salaries to everybody. So they call them an SDR first for two years. Right. And like right. now it's like you pull that cloak off They're like the funnel kind of flipped. I think closing is the new, is the new uh, selling. I know, I know, uh, yeah. one of my friends, Justin Michaels, always post that on LinkedIn. I kind of agree, right? Like where's a sale really made? It's yeah. made on the opening, right? It's either made through digital marketing where someone's like, I got to try front spin. I'm going to try a demo. Right. Yeah. Yep. They're already in consideration stage, right? Yep. Or decision stage, but they're using it, right? Um, so like marketing is able to do that. And then SDRs, but, because by the time somebody gets in a meeting with you, they've checked out your what you Have you right. ever taken a meeting without looking at someone's website?
1: No, of course not. No. No. People do their homework, right? They do their research. They know, I mean, people aren't stupid for lack of a better word. So there's no question. I, I think you're right. And closing to me in all my years it's become much more of a relationship now oh, in yeah. terms of just being hammered, you know, na- where's a hammer to the nail, right? That's that's what a lot of us did, even back in my Oracle days. Now it's more, much more of a relationship. I just find myself wanting to know people more. I find myself wanting to do business with people that, that are like me, that I like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and, and I think that, that's been a shift for me anyway much more of a relationship. That's
0: an interesting comment they brought up because it's how far will that shift go, right? I think it's like a, it's like a, almost like a bounce back, right? Like where like automation came in and people were like, all right, cool. I, I don't need a rep. And now it's, now it's like, I want to buy for someone I like. Yeah, where bro. will that bounce back to? Will it, will it bounce back to, you know, AI that's smarter and could be like more like a human or will it stay with a person? I don't necessarily have an answer to that. What do you think?
1: That's a good question. I mean, the whole AI thing in general is, is tough to get your head around as a sales rep because you would never want to think someone could take your job. <laughs> but, let's, but, and, and, but everybody's saying that in different industries. We're all saying that, you know, what, who's going who's gonna to be the first kind of lose your job? And uh, There's some obvious ones, right? Where you can kind of see it in your day-to-day life. But sales is something I would never, I'd just be hard to get my head around, but I know what's going to happen. At what level, I don't know. I mean, you're going to have, a, am I going to be a bot? And you and I are gonna be doing <laughs> this? I, I don't know, right? I mean training uh, the bot,
0: I don't know. Bots uh, would be good at rejection, right? It'd be like you're not qualified. <laughs> yeah. you're, 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 you're <laughs>
1: like, t- it's like t- I have
0: analyzed you and your use case and I deem <laughs> you not qualified here. Like I trust that, right? I think right. I think that's one thing that all salespeople, including myself, always suffer that syndrome of learning how that qual how how to qualify people and say no, right? Yeah. We used to call maybe that they, a maybe, they, maybe they help us with that, right?
1: We used to call that a piker when I was a stockbroker. If you yeah. were a piker, it was a person that would talk to you but was never going to buy. Yeah. And I saw, I saw that at Oracle a lot. Oracle really trusted, and they should. This is in the '90s. Their name, their training, so they bring people in out of college, and they had no idea how to sell. They had no natural ability, and they were kind of following the Oracle cadence back then. And you'd see tons of reps that would just spend time with Oracle DBAs that had no buying power, weren't going to buy any seats, but they were talking to them. And so they thought that was okay. I'm like, no, dude, you gotta get through that and say, who's really gonna buy here? Um, so yeah, it's uh it's, it's something. Not a,
0: the, back to what you just brought up, there's not a lot of education out there on the math of sales. Okay. Right? I don't I don't think that salespeople really know the math behind their salary and behind their bonuses. And for good reason. because a lot of these companies. If you're a cash flow positive software company, something's wrong with you, right? I think the way companies are growing, where they don't care, they take on a lot of money. i mean, look at Uber and look at WeWork. They just cut their valuation right down. Like they, right. they don't they don't focus on the math of sales, right? And I think when you don't focus on the math of sales, a salesperson is more likely to feel like his job is to talk to someone. Right. It's not. It's to sell your product, right? Right. right. Um, do you think companies should do a better job of teaching people this math of sales, or
1: I think that's the biggest piece right now. So we've been talking about tech on this call. The the amount of tech and the amount of monthly spend on a rep is off the charts. It used to be nothing. It was Act. It was Goldmine. Then you bought Salesforce license for your rep. Amir, think about all the licenses you now buy for a single rep. Oh my gosh! Right? I mean, it's insane. But the amount attack. you're spending two thousand plus a month just in tech for each rep. Well, that's great. I've got this great magic wand. But what happens when it's lights, camera action the phone goes live that's where it is now right this great tech will give you the connections they'll get you your 15 seconds or your 15 minutes but now you got to be trained on what to do right that's why i think companies like chorus and gong uh, exec vision these ones are now required tech because they're the ones that are now going to take you and make you a great rep by analyzing your calls and coaching you up because that's it once it goes live you got to be able to get the job done
0: bringing up those cars and gong. i tell you, I'll tell you something. I, I think it's been easy for companies to buy those technologies, but very hard for them to say, Hey, instead of having 10 SDRs, now I need five and right. now I need two coaches.
1: Yeah. Right. And you're right. You're right. So it's, I think the companies
0: it's I'm happy to see companies adopting these technologies, but a lot of them will churn and never use it again because they don't make the, they don't, they won't make the sacrifices to hire these new positions like coaches weren't new, but they weren't, they weren't like a part of every sales team that was a smaller, you know, you'd find them in Oracle's and Salesforce, but you didn't always find a sales coach in a company that's, you know, doing 10 million or less. Right.
1: You're absolutely right. It's a new, I mean, enablement didn't exist five years ago and now we got to deal with them and we sell. So, but you're right. That has to be piece. Like if you go watch a professional for us, professional football is with the, the, you know, the, helmets well, and everything for me
0: too oh, i'm still American. okay
1: okay i'm sorry uh <laughs> so if you, if you ever go to a practice i went to a practice one time it was boring as hell but the one thing that i walked away from like oh my god the assistant coaches run these teams because the head coach is just up in like up a big crane with a megaphone yelling at everybody and then all the position guys are together with their coaches So you've got a couple coaches for the cornerbacks, a couple coaches the offensive line, and you realize those are the guys that make the biggest impact on the team day in and day out. So to your point, yeah, companies are going to have to shift, hire less people, and then bring in coaches to really make
0: it work. Yeah, I mean one of the things for us, um, just bring it back to like what we do, we, we were calling we had a QA department, quality assurance. And that kinda came from the BPO world, it came from a lot of the customer support, right? And and we we dismantled it um and rebuilt it as a coaching program. Because so I was like, you know what? Like it's not about in sales, it's not about Q like in support, QA, right? Like how long does it take me to close a case, how long does it take me to respond to a customer? But sales, like we don't we don't necessarily count the rejections, right? That's part of it. So it's like, it's, it's not QA we're looking for. It's, it's coaching, right? It, it, right? It's on-time coaching. Um, and that's, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see who the companies that um, really take those gongs and courses and make those case studies and, and, and make it more practical, right? Because it, it's difficult for these companies. They raise money. They have crazy revenue goals. Their goal from their VCs are not, you know, build a community around coaching, it's, right. Now it's becoming a byproduct, but yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see who the winners of those battles are. There's quite a few companies, right? There's Chorus, Gong, yeah. exact Vision, Jiminy. Um, I think the people who, who spend the most time around the coaching component of it and the actual manpower will walk away the winners, right?
1: Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. I think it, it's important, but I didn't think about, as you said, the shift companies have to make internally to really dedicate someone to do that training and that coaching it's
0: you, it, know. you know what the hardest part of the shift is i'll tell you now the,
1: the hardest part about that shift is
0: the person who's really good at coaching is really good at getting results right right so their natural default is I'm not gonna coach. I'm gonna just get results, right? Um, and, and it's yeah, it's it's hard. It's hard. I'm almost like, speaking about myself because I'll I'll be like the I'll be like the top SDR for my company, even though I'm the CEO. Um, and I don't do enough coaching. I'm, I'll be the first person to say that I got that problem. But I think it's that mindset of understanding that you are a company, right? And this is where quotas get in the way, right? And it's like more of a company goal versus individual goal. And that by coaching people, I'm helping the company get to this point. Right, because right. the best people at coaching are usually really good at sales. Yep. Right, and then there's another flip side where you get people who, who have never done SDR work. They hate the phones, but then they love. They want to be a coach. They want to be a coach. And then you have an SDR that's being coached by someone who's never hit the phones. Right, like, like Aaron, like, like you just said it. I taped a phone around my head. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm yeah. not going to question whether or not you've earned the right to be a VP of sales. Right. Right. But there's no, a lot of people. Yeah
1: that person, that process person, that would, I'd fight with them every day. Oh yeah. <laughs> right? I just get in a fight. I'm like exactly what you said. I'm like, wait a minute, dude, you pick up the phone. You, you know, you may the line, let's, let's see you do it. I mean, you're absolutely right. I think there would be a challenge to have some of those coaches work with an A player to, to get them to buy in. But I will tell you, and this is my personal experience and this, this just started happening to me uh, about a year and a half ago. Um, I started using the recording analytics internally because one of our customers needed it. You know, It was about a year and a half ago, yeah. yeah. And uh, I went to the work, so we had it internally hooked up to Frontspin. And I, I hate taking notes, I always have. And I, sometimes I take such shorthand, I can't read my damn notes after. I'm like, God, I gotta go to the recording. So I went to the recording and just to get my notes and then I started, inevitably I started listening to myself. And I'm like, oh my God, I actually said that? I said, um, how many times I gave them that rebuttal and I'm like, Oh my God, I, I, this is game tape. This is an, and I've been an athlete. This is game tape. You have to review your game tape. So even as an A player, I felt like, okay, there's something to learn. So I think you can kind of sell them on them. You're, you're right though. You got to have the right trainer that they would respect and they would listen to. Yeah, I'm I'm working on
0: this man. So I think next year we'll have a conversation. I'll be able to give you some, some secret sauce, right. uh, but it's definitely, definitely a work in progress. So one of the things that, that, um, I found very interesting. This was kind of before we, we started having our podcast here was just the way you go to market. Um, it, it's different, right. Than your typical, um, competitor. Right. And, yeah. and if I were to name names, I'm like, you know, the, the, the outreaches, the sales lofts, the, uh, the Apollos, all those guys, right. They've raised big rounds. They, they, they hired the, they hire SDR teams in San Francisco. Um, what has France been done differently? And, um, you know, where is that taking you guys? And and love to learn about that because a lot I guess a lot of the people listening to our podcast now they're they're they might not be funded CEOs or or right. sales leaders right so um help them help them out because I, I, yeah, I, I you guys have a great product but you also have a great process
1: yeah and well I'll say this it's not for everybody um, you know I've worked at big companies I've worked at funded companies so for me this is what got me out of bed every day uh, I, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't the challenge of going after the big three with, uh, you know, like taking a knife to a gunfight is for lack of a better, a better phrase. Um, and so that was the, that was part of my motivation. And for us, it really was Amir, our CEO being patient enough because he's been self-funding this thing to let us kind of figure out where we fit. Because in the beginning, we're like, all right, we get a demo and they're looking at outreach and sales off like, okay, let's go. We can win that. Nah, we couldn't win. We, we, we didn't win a lot. We, like, we got killed a lot because mm-hmm. we didn't really know what our value prop was. And they had a lot of nice, shiny toys. And to your point, a lot of money. So just a lot of air coverage that were taking away the air from us. But we kind of hit on a couple of years ago, really, where the best fit was, as we talked about earlier, which was around the phone. Mm-hmm. So then it became, OK, how do we promote that in a way that we can afford? How do we get that out to people? And then how do we find those prospects that are more likely to use the phone? So we kind of back that process up and say, okay, well, sometimes it's about how their customers' customers are, are taking communication. Maybe they're taking phone calls, so they have to call. So if you're calling on people. Man, you back? You're back now?
0: you
1: were animated i know i was getting into it go
0: you got this i don't know i don't know any other way i don't know where i (laughs) lost you
1: um i might have lost you where we find prospects so we just needed to find prospects that we thought would be more geared towards picking up the phone maybe it's based upon who they were talking to or just based upon their culture so discover org is a great culture example henry and chris hayes are about the phone they're about being aggressive perfect fit for frontspin right they want to have that front that phone in the UI promoting the the use of the phone people like yourself in the outsourcing community where they're getting projects that are more difficult what usually means pick up the phone ideal for frontspin so for us it was really a process of elimination we couldn't go win 100 deals If we went after 100 deals maybe we're only going to win you know 10 or 15 of them we had to be smarter about how we found those 10 or 15 and that's what we've been able to do. That's why we've been successful. We, I say no more than, than most prospects tell me. I say no a lot to customers, not because I'm trying to act like we can't help them because I know they're not a fit. I know they could probably go buy outreach or sales off. So by having that idea, saying no more often, which was really tough for me as a sales guy because I wanted to go after everything. I wanted to close it if I had a chance, you got a budget, you're interested, I'm on a demo, I want to close that deal. Yeah, but fun. it wasn't smart because as you guys know, we were talking about the customers you acquired in the beginning and some of ours too, you know, sometimes the one seat deal takes as much time as a 20 seat deal. Right. So yeah. you gotta be smart about where you spend your time and these sales cycles, because sales often outreach are going after each other, sales lives get extended. I can't afford for our team to get stuck in these these rat holes on deals we're never gonna win, and we just spent hours. So for us, it's been more about picking the right prospect and then our conversions are through the charts or through the roof. So our our trial conversions, they're like eighty-five percent. And the reason they don't convert, the fifteen percent, they're all outliers. They're just weird reasons, right? They're not reasons you'd even track. So our co- co- conversion is fan- phenomenal because we were smarter, finally, about the type of deals we went after.
0: Just to recap, focusing on your ICP, finding out really who you're helping, right? Uh, and just to pick up on what you just said, just people calling, right? Yep. You're gonna get more ICP now, because emails are gonna stop, right? I, I, th- I think the days, of, the days of buying an outreach or um, a sales loft and just putting email sequences out there are coming up soon. Um, I don't know right. when, but People are just hurting their sender score, not getting delivered. The results will go down, and guess what's what's back? Phones, right? Yes. So your ICP is going to grow, right? And it's not that have phones have if that people will come back to the phones, right? For sure, right. yeah, it's exciting. Um, what's, what would be like advice uh, to like a to, to a VP of sales when it comes to like buying technology for your sales enablement? Like, what's like what's step one?
1: Mm, I think step one is kind of knowing your culture. And knowing your team, maybe it's people that you've worked with in the past or you want to hire a particular type of, you know, SDR or whatever it is, closer. I think that's a big part of it because these tools can do they all can do about the same. But depending upon how you're you're building your team, that might lend yourself more to an outreach or lend yourself more to a front spin or you know, whatever that might be. Um, so I think it's first that, but I do think to the whole point of this, this podcast, you got to spend time on the training side. You got to spend time that these guys, when the lights come on, they know what to say and they know what to do. Uh, Because as great as this tech is, it's not going to sell it for you. It's just going to get you that connect. And you got to spend as much time as you can on just the basic of sales. You know, what's, uh, what's their mindset? How do they do their, their research before a call? How do they? What's their intros like? How do they handle objections? You know, all those basic things. You gotta, you gotta make sure you have buttoned up. And then, if you do, the tech is gonna be your greatest friend, right? Because yeah. then you can really scale what you want to do.
0: Yeah, and I think um, to that point too. Like, Observation is a big thing, right? Like, I think, I think we're very keen right now on, on on high level content. Here's a blog. Here's an article. Here's a webinar. Consume it. And now you get it, right? Right. Uh, I think a lot of people, leaders, uh, VPs of sales. CEOs need to just kind of actually observe their SDRs go through the process, right? Like, like, are they calling before doing research? Because then it's a cold call again, right? Right. And, and, uh, it happens, right? Because sometimes we're measuring the wrong things. We're saying, I need you to call hundred people a day. Well, you're just promoting dialing, you know, right. right. It, it, it's and that's why KPIs are going to change as well. But yeah, I think observing people, um, that culture of observing the actual process. A lot of times people, I think they they think that a technology is broken and they try buying new technology, but what's really (laughs) broken is just the person doesn't know.
1: Exactly.
0: He's not actually following the cadence.
1: I know. And I was talking to Michael Hansen on your side uh, (laughs) last week, I think it was, and we were talking about this whole notion of of research before a call. And and we both came to the conclusion I'd rather have someone on the team make 80 researched calls. We're not going to call them cold calls, we're just going to call them freaking calls now. (laughs) 80 calls that I want to have you do 150 speed dials in a day with five minutes of talk time because you didn't get a hold of you couldn't extend any conversations right so it's not about just you know making x number of calls to your point it's about doing the research and then trying to dig in and increase the talk time of these calls so what's the most important thing to increase talk time discovery calls you got to know how to do a discovery call right you got to know how to ask the right question that's not a yes or no answer the right question that leads to a conversation
0: oh yeah I agree with you, Ben, uh, and and, and Michael is a big proponent of that. It's interesting how um, how fast sales is changing. Like uh, that's kind of blowing my mind. And it's it's, it's organizations like yours, right, that are producing this technology and bringing it back to calling. What's next? What's next on the roadmap for um, for, for What do you guys see on the horizon? Do you see any integrations with LinkedIn Automation, or is that, is that here today, gone tomorrow, or or going to be blocked by LinkedIn? What's what's next on that that roadmap?
1: Yeah, definitely not gone tomorrow with LinkedIn. Um, I kind of see them as the new CRM with, with the data, right? Uh, so, Microsoft seems to have done a pretty good job with it so far. I do think it's more to your point. What will they allow you to integrate? What they allow you to do? We'd like to bring a little bit more of the steps into Frontspin. You know, right now it's kind of this click and it opens LinkedIn in another window and you kind of do your LinkedIn work. We'd like to have it more kind of in, in frame within Frontspin. I think Sales Loft does some pretty good stuff there. They can kind of bring in like the business card of linkedin into sales so you can do stuff a little bit faster so ideally we like to take that step and then if linkedin allows and yeah you're doing your linkedin messages you're doing your connections somehow within frontspin but the biggest step for us i mean is really around um uh, kind of being to the point earlier before we started the podcast where we want to be with outsourcers kind of be the erp for outsourcers so we want to continue to build the platform internally and that means stand that means you know, less Salesforce. Now we're always going to support Salesforce cause you have to, cause they're the 1600 pound gorilla, yeah. but we do get a lot of requests from customers. Look, I don't need Salesforce. I just need this. So that's really the biggest step. We already took an iteration this week to, to kind of go towards what we call the standalone. And we'll probably be done with a, with a, with a real first version of it. Uh, Q1 next year. That's the biggest thing that we'll be doing over the next, uh, probably six months.
0: Oh, that's exciting. That's exciting for, uh, for providers like us where it's becoming more, in a sense, also transactional, right? Like yeah. how many dials are you doing, right? How many verified leads, like like we're starting to put more math on sales, for sure. Um, that's right. how our conversations have gone, just let you know. Like from a sales side, I to VP Sales, so much more math involved in the conversations than two years ago, right? Yeah, sure. um, one of the big things we see is always that ROI question where, where people are like, I want to ROI in four months, but their sales cycle is six months. Um, we'll have to work on that but people are getting really down to the numbers uh, especially a lot more than when they do when they when they have a w-2 right i think w-2s are full-time sales people get away with more of that i'm in the office i'm a part of the brand but as soon as you work with a vendor like us or or the other customers and companies that you support it very much comes down to the math um so coming that erp for sales is an interesting topic and there's a whole different conversation we can have but um, sure. I'm excited we have to, to get see.
1: my boss for that he's got he, it's his big passion so
0: I want I want to pick his brain and the time is yeah, right we well, we
1: got to set that up for sure that was one of the things I wanted to do I'm, today I'm going
0: I'm to out. Out. I'm I'm be in dreamforce I think um, okay
1: let's do a we'll meet up for I soon.
0: go to dreamforce but I don't go to the actual conference there's meet people uh, yeah
1: I've done that we did that the last year I think yeah last year we did that yeah that's it's that's crazy cuz now it's like morphing it's not dreamforce it's like everybody community. has the sales enablement thing there's all these new day or two shows that are like just adjacent you know what i mean it's yeah. you don't actually have to go That's, how that's how, i know
0: you don't you, you get a, the, the, the you can get a hotel room get some get some lunch or dinner and, and just invite people there and that's better than the booth you know
1: so how do you what would be interesting to me real quick is how do you guys go about recruiting and training to oh get the people that you want, that you know are going to help your clients. So,
0: so when it comes to recruiting, we're, we're using uh, digital marketing, uh, Facebook ads, um, you know, just different, different, different recruitment websites that connect to all the players that you know. Uh, but I'm also using sales tactics. I'm putting them in sequences, uh, <laughs> using, the phone, using the phones. So basically the same exact process as you would in SDR, to be honest. Okay. Phones, text messaging, WhatsApp. Um, I have a business WhatsApp. And you know what, everyone can get a business WhatsApp who has an Android. It's kind of funny. It's one of those apps that only exists in Android. But it's a business WhatsApp, and you could use your Google Voice. And I, have a, I
1: have an, I have a BlackBerry, which people freak out about. Um, You've got a business WhatsApp. Well, I have I have an Android on my BlackBerry. so Yeah, you do I, I, I have it.
0: Literally, if I go WhatsApp and you have a business number, um, and I'm putting that out there, so I'm using it I'm using okay. it for recruitment. And then um, when it comes to training, we're actually – it's like a fourth iteration of our training department. We're going to be reiterating, uh, uh, reiterating it again, but we have – what we come down to is that not every SDR comes with the same level of experience. So we want to create a three-day, five-day, and a ten-day boot camp so that we can assess – where they go right because if you got somebody who's really trained right and, and uh, you attend a boot camp they're going to be bored and they're going to be unproductive and they're going to be unengaged it's, a bad, it's like okay cool you're teaching me at a cold call i've been doing this for years right and then some people don't have any cold calling experience so just kind of creating three different buckets of um, training and then just really taking that that contextual like theory and having an equal amount of practice. Right. I think one of the biggest things like we're gonna do an hour of social selling. Let's now do an hour of hands on social selling. And that's, and then, and then what it looks like here is that we have this, the stadium down here, see that area right here.
1: Yeah, that's cool. So
0: so I'll go, yeah, I'll go, I'll go uh, and I'll put recurring training, three different sessions. Um, Weekly basis, like one hour long for social selling, one hour long could be front spin, who knows, might come up, right? We uh, yeah, <laughs> a, a, a one hour long of XYZ, and then I'll have them going um, one every week, and anybody can just come join, right, for an hour and ask questions, right? So that ongoing training, right? Um, I think the tendency for an organization like ours, tendency for an organization, a sales team, is to get back to the numbers and KPIs and try to manage, data, but in reality, you want to you want people to say thank you. I've learned something. I you know you want people to really learn. I'm mean, like that's what millennials care about, right. um, And 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 so coaching is needed for the culture of the company, for the performance, to get results. So it's a perfect storm for companies to just create this kind of recurring. But that's that's how we recruit people. Um, we also do group assessments. So. We recruit a lot of people. We have like 10 SDR new hires every two weeks. So we're doing group assessments um, where they're passing the ball around and being put on the spot and then having role plays. Uh, Some people do one-on-one interviews. Some people do group assessments. And then that boot camp I mentioned and then the ongoing training. Um, And we have about four people right now, uh, a four person training team for, for about 80 SDRs. We're we're close to 200 playing company, but we do customer success. We do customer support and we have a lot of management because we have a managed service. So, you know, 70 of our employees are are management that comes included when people hire SDRs.
1: And when you put out, what do you guys wanna learn? Do you get something that keeps repeating? On this on specific on the SDR side, they keep wanting yeah, to learn. I, a- well, I, I
0: think, I think the repeating thing is like, I want you to show me by example. I think that, that we've created a culture where people now are comfortable saying like, can you show me how to do that? Like you, okay. you would assume that people like know how to write a email that just sounds personal, but they don't. Right. And just, oh, I like,
1: could, yeah. honestly, I'd be horrible. I mean, they're, part, they, of, they, it's, part they, of it's my, you know. they have the fear
0: of sounding off brand. And by doing that, they sound robotic. Ironic. They have if, a fear of being off-brand. Yep. So that fear causes them to follow the script that's not adjusted for persona. So just kind of showing them in real time is what they're asking. Like, like, show me how you leave a voice on LinkedIn. Show me how you send a video. Show me how you do a personalized email. Show me how you do le- – like, like. that's that's big um, for us, right? right? right. Um, but I have a lot to, to be honest with you. I've been running – I've been the SDR, right? I've been top-of-the-funnel right. sales, top-of-the-funnel um, uh, recruitment. Of the funnel relationships, right now, I'm taking a big step back into training um, because I'm passionate about it and then I care about SDR work. And, and and so, I'll have a lot more to add to uh, that comment when we talk. Well, about and
1: it. back to our other part of our conversation top SDRs, run companies, create. Com- I mean, I'm telling you, people they, they got to realize when they come into an SDR, they can. They can oh, go as far as they want.
0: People look at me the wrong way in this company, right? Like they're, they're, they might be intimidated to talk to me. They're a little scared cause they have, you have that title SEO, but they, I like, I try to remind them like, Hey, you're probably better on the phone at your age than I was. Right. right? right. You know what I mean, I'm 36 now. Great. Right. I sound awesome. How about the, how about the thousands of times people rejected me? Right. So yeah, I, I, I want to show them that, Hey, um, the reason I'm here is because I was a sales development rep. Um, and- your your career path is wide open if you can make a conversation with a stranger and help them solve right. the problem.
1: Right. And back to your point, I think that's why the teacher has to or the trainer has to have been in the trenches because they got to be able to relate to all the failure. They have to. I mean, I think it's really going to be tough. To your point earlier, if you don't have that trainer that can say, "Look, I did this. I know it's hard. I know it sucks. I know today you don't want to call, but we got to do it." We face right? that. Right. We face
0: that right now. I get that right. all the time. Yeah. Hard to listen to XYZ person because I know they didn't do it. Um, Yeah. I mean, that's uh, that's one of the things with a fast growing company like us. Like, it's hard for, we have to promote from within. We have to hire externally. You can't always get it right. Can't make everybody happy. Sometimes a manager comes in, never hit the phones. People are like, eh, he got promoted and I didn't, right? Um, We have our eye on results, right? Like, for us, I think what matters the most is our companies getting results and companies being happy uh, and employees being happy. Um, and knowing that you can't, nothing's going to be perfect. Right. But I think just that kind of drive to having that culture, um, is it, it, people can see it, right? So people yeah. don't look for perfection, but they look for that, that direction. But this has been, uh, this has been awesome, Aaron.
1: Yeah. One quick thing. They, that's the other thing. They don't have to be an expert. You get so wrapped around, you making the phone call that you freak yourself out and think you got to have all the answers in 10 seconds guess what? You know 10 times more than the person you're calling. When I was a stockbroker, same thing. You'd be sitting there that we came out of new hire training. Everybody's freaking out. The boss came up to us and said, look, do you know what a stock is? Do you know what a bond is? Do you know what an option is? Yes. You know 99% more than anybody else. Pick up the fucking phone and make a call. So that was what, that's how we did it. And it's no different today, right? Because oh, yes. you've got all the marketing out there for you, social media, LinkedIn, all there sitting there for you. All you got to do is make the connection and start talking. Two things, okay, add, think?
0: that question when people, when you have, I have talked to, you know, uh, Aaron, but you know, obviously you have a sales team and then you're asking, you know, what's the ratio of coaches? And you're like, you know what? I'm not sure what the actual ratio is today. That's a great question. Let me set a call with our account executive. They know so much more detail. I'll jump on that call. Are you available next Wednesday? That's actually a reason to book appointments. Yeah. Right? And what absolutely. you find is SDRs that don't get promoted or don't move up it's in the same role, literally will talk too much because they know too much and they'll disqualify people on the phone. Sounds I'm the like stupidest
1: person in the world. And that's what makes me <laughs> such a great salesperson.
0: I right? like, Aaron, this has, been, this has been great. This has been amazing. Uh, for everybody listening, where can they find you? Facebook? Oh, find me
1: on LinkedIn. Find me on Twitter. Those are probably the two biggest social medias that I use. And then you can certainly go to frontspin.com. And- yeah. Find me that way. So yeah, it's not hard to find people in these day and age, right? Listen,
0: this is, this has been amazing. I, I appreciate you uh, joining the Clown 9 podcast and I look forward to, we have a lot more to talk about. Uh, Absolutely. I'll, uh, I'll see you out in uh, San Mateo uh, in, in a few see months. See you at Dreamforce, yeah. Be at Dreamforce and then uh, I appreciate you helping all those leaders focus back on the phones and, and following those cadences so they can get results, so they can get... Um, money in their account so they can make their service or product better right i think we're all trying to help people make better products and services that's what it comes down to that's what we're doing yep. right when we do our job it's gotta, right,
1: be, a, it's gotta be a win-win right somebody that's is
0: reinvesting it. that roi into their product and better service whether it's technology medical tech it could be helping the world or it could be environmental tech or it could be other sales software or service who knows but that's right. what we're all doing um thanks again for joining and i'll let you go man
1: thanks man Thank you.